Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. Our pilot this month is Valley Trash by Nikki Schwartz-Wright. Nikki's written on The Office, The Grinder, Speechless, Pivoting, uh, and this pilot, which is about a girl experiencing culture shock when she moves from her San Fernando Valley public school to a fancy West Side private school, is very autobiographical, as you will hear from Nikki a bit here and a lot more next week. You know, we've done a couple of pilots that were killed by COVID, but none were farther along in the process than this one. It was fully cast. It was about to have a table read. It came really close but uh, it ended up here, being read by an incredible cast. From the Thundermans and Reno 911, Chris Tallman. From Babysitter's Club, Sophie Grace. From the Saturday Night Live writing staff, one of our favorite people to have come read, Jake Nordwind. Uh, from F is for Family, from Kevin Can F himself, from so many things. A dear, dear friend of this podcast. Jamie Denbo, from Duncanville and Stargirl, Joy Osmansky, from Slashening, The Final Beginning, love saying that, Marcus Bishop-Wright joining us again, uh, Nola Bowie, daughter of Jamie Denbo and John Ross Bowie, and thus part of the Dead Pilot Society family, she's here, and from last week tonight, and at home with Amy Sedaris, also joining us again, Mujan Zolfagari. A lot of our, you know, just favorite, favorite people and dear friends in this one. Uh, just a great cast. If you want to see all those folks and uh, you can join uh, Max Fund, you can become a Max Fund member for as little as $5 a month. You'll get access to the video and all of our bonus content from past years. Just go to MaximumFun.org join. All right. Enjoy Valley Trash after a brief message. Her Majesty served Great Britain and the Commonwealth loyally for over 70 years. And while, of course, we feel a profound sadness, we must remember she lived a long life and died in such a way that I think many of us would want for ourselves. She was at home, surrounded by her family. And, of course, she was listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Nikki Schwartz-Wright, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We are going to read your pilot, Valley Trash, which got died at so much closer to the finish line than most things we do. You got so much farther along. Mm. Tell us a little bit the story of this. Um, yeah, that, this was a little bit of a heartbreaker for me. Uh, it's based on my family and my experience going to Harvard Westlake. Uh, and we were, I think we were six days from shooting when we got shut down for COVID. And, uh, they said it was just gonna shut down for two weeks. We were in our offices at Sunset Gower. We had, we had the whole crew, the whole cast ready to go. And, you know, two weeks became never. 
And so it just, it died. And I was also um, eight months pregnant at the time. So it was just like a crazy time. And, and yeah. And so it was, it's a dead pilot. That that was it. That's all she wrote. Wow. It's just, um, you know, few of these pilots died through something that actually caused real humans to die. Yeah. I know, yes, I know yes. I shouldn't be complaining because millions of people died, etc. but my pilot. Yeah, I know, um. look, I understand. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad we get to to do it. Um, I guess, it, so you, you, ha- you didn't have the table read. You didn't quite get to the table read. We were just, I think the table read was the day after, like we had just cast off the read and it just got confirmed and um it was like 2 days before the read maybe okay so you ha- you cast and you heard these lines and auditions but you've never heard the whole thing read That's out correct. loud by a cast we well did. we're going to make that happen for you right thank now. you i'm so excited all right we've got a great cast let's do it this is valley trash written by nikki schwartz right it's the cold open We're in the San Fernando Valley, a 2020 remix of the classic old dirty bastard song Shimmy Shimmy Ya plays over a series of shots of iconic valley spots. The Welcome to Van Nuys sign in front of the courthouse, the famous Van Nuys Muffler Man statue, Nat's Early Bite Coffee Shop, Kay's Donut Emporium, Skateland, Star Video Store, all of which leads us to a small house covered in bright red bougainvillea. Close up on a spoonful of coffee being scooped out of a Costco-sized Folgers Instant Coffee Tub. It gets mixed with hot water in a mug that says Big Dad Energy. The music keeps playing as we go close on the seam of a skirt ripping. A hand reaches for a stapler. In a cramped bathroom, Abby, 14 and confident, and Benji, 11 and cheerful, brush their teeth in front of the mirror, singing along. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Cal Harmon, Southern, charming, rough around the edges, enters holding his big dad energy coffee mug and joins in. Oh, baby, I like it raw. This is your best morning mix yet, dad. Oh, thank you, baby. His wife, Jules, low maintenance and a good hang, enters. Morning, guys. Ab, finish me up in the back. Abby staples up her skirt. Jules looks at Cal, who slicks back his hair in the mirror before putting on his cowboy hat. Mm, Did you get better looking since two minutes ago? It's possible. She goes to kiss him, but instead of giving him a peck on the cheek, they share an intense French kiss. They bump up against the wall, knocking off a framed picture. This one bathroom thing is rough. The kids squeeze past their making out parents. Uh, What does liking something raw mean anyway? Um, you know, raw foods, it's like a diet thing. Abby and Benji exit. Jules pries herself away from Cal. Late for work. The kids need breakfast. Something healthy. Uh, You got it, boss. And we go to Kay's Donut Emporium. Through the glass case, we find Cal, Abby, and Benji choosing their morning morning donut. The owner, Kay, watches. Benji, nice shirt. Haven't seen that one yet. We reveal that Benji wears a shirt that says, Van Nuys to meet you. Thanks, Kay. I made it myself. You'd be shocked by how little Van Nuys merch there is online. Would she, though? 
How's the fancy new school, Abby? Any better? Abby shoots her a death stare and lets out a long groan. Oh, that good, huh? Abby, spend three days. You got to give it more time. Princeton Prep only accepts 2% of kids who apply, and one of them is you. This is a life-changing opportunity. It is life-changing. It's changing my life from awesome to over. Oof. Take a bear claw on the house. Kay hands Abby a giant sprinkled bear claw. Uh, plain donuts, no sprinkles. Your mom said healthy. We go to the city streets of Van Nuys. We follow the family's white VW rabbit through the stuck in the 80s valley where it blends in perfectly all the way over the hill to the trendy bougie west side where it sticks out like a sore thumb. The Princeton Prep Academy, the school is large, pristine and hulking. It looks like a well-funded miniature college campus. A few students enter the gates on bird scooters. Others walk in practicing their Mandarin. The school's emblem is engraved on the entry archways, home to the brightest young minds in the country. As Cal drives through the large drop-off area, Abby's face visibly darkens. She looks across the lot where a beautiful girl, Sandra, the princess of Gabon, gets out of a Rolls Royce accompanied by two armed guards who speak into their radios. The dove is in the nest. At the other end of the lot, a teenage boy gets out of his mother's Tesla while operating a drone that flies over the student body. We see that the footage is synced to his YouTube channel, which plays on his iPhone. Abby then lays eyes on mean girl Sydney Maybach, sitting in her mom's red convertible Porsche. Sydney has white girl dreads and a bad attitude. Their eyes meet. Sydney gives her the middle finger as she exits her mom's car. Abby turns to Cal. I can't go in there, Dad. The people in here suck. They're all super competitive, snobby freaks. Come on now, it can't be true. Just then, Sydney's mom, Suzanne Maybach, zooms her convertible right next to Cal's rabbit. Suzanne leans out the window and addresses the crossing guard. Hello, person in ugly vest? There seems to be a homeless family living in that car. Uh, that's a fellow parent's vehicle, Mrs. Maybach. Suzanne looks into the rabbit. Cal gives her a friendly nod. She forces a disturbed smile, then zooms off the lot, nearly running over a student. See? Eh, she probably just hasn't had her cup of Folgers yet. But you were running circles around the curriculum at your old school. You need a place like this to challenge a big brain of yours. I refuse to believe you can't find anyone here you like. You're like me. Get the gab. Use it. These kids don't like gabbing. They like shooting stink eyes. Abby does a stink eye imitation. Cal tries not to laugh. Okay. You, you just need to find your people. We sacrificed a lot to send you here. Hell, I even sold my snakeskin boots. Do you know how hard it is to find copperhead skin? Damn, Damn near impossible. impossible. Exactly. You got this. I love you. Now get. Abby groans and gets out of the car. She tries to shut the door, but it's janky. It just pops back open. She tries again, no dice. Use your body weight. Doing a run and jump, she finally manages to slam the door shut. Cal drives off and Abby turns to see Sydney with her click, Hallie and Derek. Sydney is filming the embarrassing incident on her iPhone. Valley trash caught in the wild. Sydney hits upload on her phone and we go into the Instagram account. It's called Valley Trash and it's only pictures and videos of Abby. The boomerang of Abby trying to shut her dad's car door. A super zoom using the bummer filter. Black and white, sad music, leaves falling. 
of a tag hanging out of the back of Abby's t-shirt that says Kmart. A picture of Abby drinking from a water fountain with the caption, tap water, followed by a bunch of barfing emojis. Abby is humiliated. A crowd of students is gathered. Wendy Kim, an oddball with huge glasses, whispers to a friend. Looks like Sydney found this year's punching bag. Abby, refusing to back down, takes a step towards Sydney. At least I don't have a tattoo on my arm that looks like the guy had a seizure while doing it. We reveal a tattoo on Sydney's arm of colored dots and lines. That's a recreation of Jackson Pollock, you Philistine. Jesus, how the hell did you get in here, poor and dumb? Abby's face turns bright red. Sydney's phone rings. Oh, oh, Mr. Jensen, just like my gram, he's my favorite teacher. Screw this. Abby turns on her heels and walks defiantly off campus. On the city streets, Abby hops on a bus that says it's headed to Van Nuys. As it pulls away, we see Cal's big smiling face on the side of it. The ad reads, need a lawyer? Problemas? Call 222-222-2222. And that's the end of the cold open. In Act 1, we're in Cal's shitty law office in Van Nuys. It's a tiny storefront office on the second floor of a cruddy strip mall. Above it sits a billboard with Cal's face on it, the same ad that was on the bus. Below the office is a check cashing place and a Yoshinoya. Inside, it's cramped, hot, and a little disorganized. A Harmon family portrait hangs on the wall. Cal sits at his desk across from a new client, Juan Sanchez. All right. So, Mr. Sanchez, your hot dog cart is across the street from the AMC. Now, let me guess. They want you gone because everybody's buying your delicious dogs and none of theirs. Exactly. And yesterday, I received a cease and desist letter. He hands a piece of paper to Cal, who holds it in his hand as if his palm were a scale. Mm, thick letterhead, heavy. <laughs> you got some class ASOBs on your tail. Oh, damn, Howard Schultz and Associates. You know it. I do. He's got the deepest pockets and the fewest scruples. With as much dough as he has, he can afford to bleed his opponents out. Learn that the hard way by going up against him in court a few times. What happened? Let's just say that uh, Yoshinoya downstairs used to be my conference room. If I take this on, I'd insist we settle. We do not want to go to trial against Howard Schultz. Whatever you say, done. Juan holds out his hand and Cal shakes it. Just then, Dina Castaros enters. This is Cal's tough-as-nails private investigator. She walks over to Cal's desk and drops a file. You were right about that landlord, Major Creep. My brother will have a fear then. Cal looks inside the file and his eyes go big. Ooh, bang up job, Dina. And I, I love your brothers, but let's stay inside the legal lines on this one, huh? Up to you. I'll be in the conference room. I'm in the Yosino if you need me. She exits. Cal's phone rings. Oh, pardon me, Juan. You got Cal. And we enter a cut with Van Nuys High School, where Principal Jan Jeffries looks out her office window where she can see Abby talking to friends. Mr. Harmon, Principal Jeffries from Van Nuys High. I'm sorry to bother you, but Abby is here. I thought she was attending Princeton Prep. Uh, She is. Are you sure it's my Abby? Abby Harmon. There's only one. Also, she seems to be running for class president, and her polling is Obama level. Compared to Princeton Prep, Van Nuys High School is small and dingy. 
Through the fence, Cal can see Abby sitting at a table in the courtyard with a line of kids waiting to talk to her. She's confidently talking to a teen boy. Thanks for your vote, Russ. And if you could only use my family's Hulu password on Mondays, that would be great. They shake hands. Cal interrupts by whistling the family back call. Abby turns and sees him. She gets a sheepish look on her face. And we hard cut to Ernie's Taekwondo studio in Van Nuys. Cal and Abby, both wearing their karate geese, practice roundhouse kicks in the dojo. Cal gets a stack of wood boards and he and Abby switch off holding them for the other to break. Honey, I know you're having trouble making friends. He breaks a board. But look how popular you were at your old school. Just do whatever you did there at the new joint. Kids at Princeton Prep aren't the same, Dad. They don't even act like kids. They watch clips of Rachel Maddow for fun and go off campus to have working lunches at Spago. Abby breaks a board. Ernie, the owner, walks by. Hey, Ernie, how's Linda's neck? Still messed up from the accident? Stiff in the mornings, but with the settlement money you got her, she's doing a lot of retail therapy. (laughs) I hear there's a great sale at Chico's at the Galleria. Ernie gives him a thumbs up and exits. I still don't think any of this is enough to make you cut and run. There's got to be more. What's really going on? There's this girl, Sydney Bayback. Every year, she picks a kid to mess with, and this year, it's apparently me. She and her friend started an Instagram called Valley Trash, where they upload embarrassing photos of me all day long. Okay, okay. Not ideal, but hell, no press is bad press. It just take my bus ads, jerkstrap male genitalia on my face all the time. Multiple penis, just all, all the time. But I, I still just, I, I get just as many calls. But you don't have to see those jerks every day. Sydney is crazy. She has white girl dreads, okay? She's not afraid of cultural appropriation. Plus, rumor is that she ran over one of those guys dressed like Spider-Man on Hollywood Boulevard and had no remorse. We go to a flashback on Hollywood Boulevard. Sydney and her crew careen down the street in her dad's BMW. She accidentally drives up onto the sidewalk and clips a shitty amateur Spider-Man. He goes flying. She does not stop. Sydney, you hit that Spider-Man guy. Eh. In the rearview mirror, shitty amateur Hulk runs over to help Spider-Man. Back in the Taekwondo studio. Mm, damn, hope you had a good lawyer. Well, the way I see it, you got two options. Option A, wait for Sydney to come up to you again. And when she does, you palm punch her in the face a couple times and show her what Valley Trash really is. I like that option. That's good. Or option B, maybe you cut this girl some slack. What? Why? Everybody's fighting their own battle. And for all we know, Sydney's is extra hard. From what I've seen a drop off, it doesn't seem like she comes from a very loving home. And take it from me, baby. That can be tough. Yeah. I guess I don't really know what that's like. (laughs) Hell no, you don't. Give it time. She'll get bored and let up. And I think in this case, you go with option B. Fine. I'll take the stupid empathy road. Board. Al holds up another board and she cracks it with her foot. These are breaking pretty easy today. I baked them. 
And we go to J.P. Morgan Stanley in Jules's cubicle. She sits at her desk, fiddling with the staples in her skirt when her boss, Ted, enters eating a Faye yogurt cup. Hey, Jules, I just ate the last of these. Order more, huh? Will do, Ted. Ted turns to exit, leaving his empty cup on her desk. Jules is about to say something when Ted turns back around. Oh, by the way, I'm still hearing promotion rumblings. Jules forces a smile and nods. Ted exits. Jules, seething, stares at the cup and then tosses it in the trash. At the Harmon's house that night, Cal, Abby, and Benji hang out at the kitchen table. Okay, what about a shirt that says, pretty fly for a Van Nuys guy? Abby shakes her head, no. Benji has a notebook and crosses that one off a long list of Van Nuys puns. Jules enters, kicks off her shoes, takes off her skirt, and tucks her blouse into her pantyhose. She pulls out a frozen bag of veggies and pokes air holes in it with a fork. What a day! Ted left his empty Faye yogurt on my desk again. I think it's pronounced Faye They serve it at school. Sorry, not the point. Why don't you just say something to him? Because Ted keeps lording this possible promotion over me. I have no power. He holds all the cards. Mm, smell good, though. You can't take that away from you. How did my parents think it was okay to let me drop out of college and move to L.A. to audition for a Teen Spirit deodorant commercial? You moved just for an audition? Well, I didn't know how the biz worked. Jules tosses the bag of veggies in the microwave, then opens the fridge and pops a quarter's light. She turns to Abby. Heard you had a hard day of your own. Wish I could offer you a cold one, honey. God, they do help. You know what we need? Some quality family time around the dinner table. And we cut to the living room moments later where the family is all huddled around the massive TV with their dinner plates in their laps watching American Idol. We hear Ryan Seacrest. It's time for the audience to text in your votes for which contestant should advance to the next level. Cal, Jules, Abby, and Benji all whip out their phones and announce who they're voting for. Jojo. Obviously, Lexi. A beat, and we go out on them playfully arguing about it. The next morning, a drop-off at Princeton Prep, Abby body slams Cal's car door. Easy! She's going to be yours one day. She finally manages to slam it shut. He shoots her a winning smile and drives off. As soon as he's gone, Abby turns to see Sydney sitting in her mother's red Porsche convertible, filming her with her iPhone. Hey, Valley Trash, come here. Wendy Kim happens to be walking by and sees what's happening. She quietly sidles up to Abby. Mm, just ignore her. She does this all the time. I said, come here, Valley Trash. Abby starts walking towards Sydney, talking to herself. Empathy, empathy, empathy. Oh, you're actually doing what I ask. You're like an obedient dog. Can you shake? What about sit? Palm punch, palm punch, palm punch. She approaches the Porsche. Sydney gets out of the car, still filming Abby. Abby's about to hit her when Sydney's mom, Suzanne, turns to Sydney. God, your thighs look so fat in those pants. Are you even using your Peloton? Sydney looks crushed. Something inside Abby clicks. She punches into the car, purposely skipping Sydney's face and landing on Suzanne's. Yeah! Her frappuccino spills everywhere. Her Gucci sunglasses lay sideways on her face and a yapping Pomeranian jumps out of the car. The whole parking lot stands with their jaws on the ground. Holy shit, Abby Harmon just palm-punched a mom. And that's the end of Act One. 
Hey folks, it's me, Ben Blacker, the co-producer of Dead Pilot Society. Are you tired of the same old game nights? Are you looking for a fun new activity to do with your family, your partner, your friends, or by yourself? Then Hunt a Killer is for you. I don't recommend doing it by yourself. Because uh, it's dangerous. You're hunting a killer. Remember what happened to that guy in Zodiac? It, with Hunt a Killer, you get to be the detective. Sort through evidence, piece together clues, solve the case with an immersive murder mystery game. The games come with dossiers, maps, evidence, and more, and you crack an unsolved case. There are dozens of standalone mysteries, or you can subscribe to an immersive multi-part crime case. I got the uh, Mallory Rock crime case, which is a multi-part crime case. Uh, It's six episodes. And it was really fun. We got a gang of us together. We played it like once a week for six weeks and um, we solved the case. It's, uh, you're the detective, everyone gets clues, you work together. Um, also there's a, free, there's a free dry erase marker involved. Um, it's a really good time. Uh, I was genuinely do. If you are a person who loves story, this is a new way of consuming story. It's neat. They're really well made. They're really well thought out. Um, I know a lot of you are true crime fans. You will enjoy these, even though the crimes aren't true. Hunt a Killer makes it feel like you're living in a true crime podcast. Um, Check it out. Join the hunt today. Go to huntakiller.com slash deadpilots and use the code deadpilots for $10 off your purchase. That's huntakiller.com slash deadpilots. Thanks, Hunt a Killer. Your games are fun. Oh, and by the way, if you do the Mallory Rock one, the murderer is... You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh, God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. Act two. We're in the principal's office at Princeton Prep. Abby, Jules, Cal, Sydney, and a young-looking guy, Jeremy, sit across the desk from Principal Welch. Jeremy has an open laptop. Why is Sydney's dad so young? Oh, I'm not her dad. I'm Jeremy. One of Sydney's father's assistants. He was unable to attend, so I'm here to take detailed notes. I have at least one parent in attendance for meetings like this. Uh, may I ask where Mrs. Maybach is? She had to be rushed to the hospital. Oh, my God. Did Abby break her nose? No. She has fresh Botox and had to make sure the poison didn't spread to the wrong area of her face. Right. Well, we have a no-tolerance policy when it comes to violence. This matter will be reviewed by our disciplinary board, and they will decide on a punishment, which will most likely be expulsion. Until then, Abby, you're suspended. Abby jumps out of her seat doing an involuntary karate kick. Yes! I mean, oh no, what a shame. We go to the school students' parking lot. 
Cal, Jules, and Abby head to the Rabbit, which is parked in a sea of Beamers, Range Rovers, and Teslas. Damn it, Abby. You're going to have to fix this. I thought we were on the same page about how to deal with that girl. We were. You told me to take the empathy option, and I did. I had empathy for Sydney, which is why I punched her evil mother in the face. They pile into the car, and Cal pulls out of the parking lot. Don't try to spin this. You did not go with the empathy option. You went with the palm punch option. I'm sorry, but why was palm punch even an option? Guys, maybe this isn't so bad. I mean, that family is the worst. They deserved it. Honestly, I can chalk this up to a win for the Harmons. I knew you taking Taekwondo with your dad was a bad idea. Why couldn't you have been interested in my hobby? Embroidery. So much less violent. Because you insist on doing stuff like this. Abby reveals her backpack, which has girl power embroidered in huge letters. I'm not saying this is why I got bullied, but it didn't help. We all played a role here. Okay, let's not have this conversation right now. I have an important meeting with a client in 20 minutes. I need to concentrate on speeding. He guns it. Jules puts on her seatbelt, but it doesn't work, so she just holds it. The family speeds off in silence. We're in a conference room with Howard Schultz and Associates. Mr. Sanchez sits across a large table of fancy lawyers. This office is a lot different than Cal's with its floor to ceiling windows, leather chairs, and air conditioning. Outside, Cal takes a deep breath and steals himself and then enters. He takes a seat next to Juan. Hey, all Howard. Sorry I'm late. I had a kid matter to attend to. Been a while, Cal. You remember the team? Cal nods at the line of cookie-cutter men in suits sitting next to Howard. Of course. Scott? Bob? Scott? Joe? Nope. Another Bob. (laughs) Okay. Uh, My client and I have reviewed your cease and desist letter. Great font, by the way. I might have to steal that. An eager young lawyer, Bob, pipes up. It's actually copyrighted, so... Well, shoot, red tie Bob. That puts an end to that pot dream. So, listen... Anyone with eyes can see that Juan is just trying to make an honest living. And I'd hate to have to call my buddy down at the LA Times and have him run a story about the big bad corporation that's trying to bully the little guy. (laughs) Optics don't seem ideal on that one. I don't envision that story ever being a problem. AMC has one of the best PR firms in the country on retainer. Remember last year when someone spliced in Michael Fassbender from Shame into the Mary Poppins remake? What? Uh, No. Exactly. (laughs) A beat. What's Cal's next move? Uh, Well, uh, (laughs) there must be some wiggle room. I mean, if you're not interested in settling, why'd y'all agree to take the meeting? You're right. There is a reason we asked you down here. Will you take a selfie with us? My kid loves your bus ads. Mine too. She thinks they're hilarious. She doesn't believe we've gone up in court against you. (laughs) Cal forces a smile as the lawyers all come onto his side of the table and start start snapping selfies with him. (laughs) Howard takes a selfie video. Look, Ben, I'm with Cal, the 222-222-2222 guy. I told you I knew him. (laughs) Off Cal's humiliation and Juan's worry. We go to Cal and Jules's room that night. Jules sits in bed reading a book called How to Move Up in Business when Cal enters and flops on the bed face down. I had better days. Jules crawls over and helps him pull off his boots. 
You and me both. Bed whiskey. Darling, you <laughs> are singing my tune. Jules reaches into her bedside table, pulls out a fifth of whiskey, and pours a shot into two cups. A toast to those who wish me well. And all the rest can go to hell. And they down their shots. Maybe it was a mistake for us to send Abby to Princeton Prep. I mean, it might not be the right place for her if everyone there makes her feel less than. It is absolutely the right place. You can feel less than anywhere. Hell, I... <laughs> I felt that way today. Hey, me too. And now I get to look forward to being crushed by Howard in court again. I, mean, I don't want that for Abby. I don't want her being pushed around by people, make her feel like she can't win. Well, she's not expelled yet. Let's stay positive. I mean, uh, all she did was hit a mom in the face. Mm, not great. Yeah, it's toughy. <laughs> In the kitchen the next morning, Jules and Cal enter dressed for the day to find Abby excitedly talking on her cell phone. Jen, trust me, they're 100% going to expel me. I'll be back at Van Nuys High with you by Monday latest. Hey, Abby, uh, would like a word? One sec, Dad, on the phone. <laughs> yes, Miss Ryder, she's so... Suddenly, Cal swipes the phone from her and talks into it, imitating Abby. <laughs> Jen, I got a motor. <laughs> Peace out. Dad! What the hell? I don't talk like that. Abby, you know I love you more than life itself. And your mom and I worship the ground you walk on. But baby, you are acting like every trailer trash fool I ever knew. What? Why? My old school said I could come pick up my homework. I'm not going to miss a thing. You're going to miss out on your entire future. <sighs> Dad, don't be so dramatic. Hey, hey. Don't you roll your eyes at him. Who the hell do you think you're talking to? Abby, you're so smart. You're so talented. Hell, you almost got elected president at a school you don't even go to. You're cut out to be more than a two-bit lawyer. Or an office manager. Trust me, buying Greek yogurt for a bunch of uptight, pasty neckties would not be your jam. So what? Are you guys saying you're not happy? Well, of course we're happy. Abby, I'm from a trailer park in South Texas, and your mom was the first one in her family to almost graduate college. Two-credit, shy, freaking teen spirit commercial. I mean, the, the point is, we made it all the way out to this cute little house in the San Fernando Valley. And we made two perfect kids. We've come a long way, and now we're handing the baton to you, you're going to go so much further than we ever could. And an education from Princeton Prep, mm -hmm. that's your ticket. Well, there's got to be a different ticket because I just, I couldn't let Sydney or her awful mom win. But if you get expelled, they do win and we lose. Sure, kids will talk about you at school for a few days, but in the end, Sydney's charmed life goes on. You're the one that pays the price. We need to prove those jerks wrong about us. It's time to show them the Harmons are winners that deserve to be here. But what can I do now? At this point, it's out of my hands. Uh, you'll think of something. The only thing that's out of your hands is this phone. I'm taking it. Forgot to charge mine. Come on, honey. I'll give you a lift at work. They exit, leaving Abby's wheels turning. At Kay's Donut Emporium later that day, Benji sits in the back booth being quizzed by Kay, who's behind the counter holding flashcards. 
All right, the Nile River flows in which direction? This is what they're teaching you? Who cares? Uh, north? Sure. She tosses a donut hole at him, which he catches in his mouth like a seal. Just then, Abby enters. Benj, Dad took my phone, so I need to borrow yours. He and Mom were right. It's time to show these people who the Harmons really are. He hands it over. She looks at it. Your Instagram handle is Van Nuys of the Tiger. Pretty on brand, right? Music cue, Eye of the Tiger. We go to the Princeton Prep entryway. Abby waits outside the gate as kids come and go. When Wendy Kim walks out, she approaches her. Hey, your name's Wendy, right? Thanks for the advice about ignoring Sydney before. I totally should have listened to you. Uh, no way. What you did was so much cooler. I called all three of my friends about it. They don't go here. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, you know how you mentioned that Sydney had bullied other kids? <laughs> Do you think you could tell me which kids? Wendy Kim uh, looks around, cautious. Listen, I get that Sydney's scary, but I promise you, it feels really good to take a stand. Okay, but you didn't hear this from me. And we go to the soccer field where Abby films Ella, a stuck-up student during soccer practice. What could Sydney possibly say about you? I mean... It doesn't even make sense. Everybody knows you're the best soccer player in our school. Thank you. That's exactly why she had to make stuff up. She told everybody that I'm superstitious and refused to change my underwear. Ever. So now anytime there's even a hint of a bad smell, people immediately blame my crotch. That's insane. If anything, you smell amazing. I know. Hey, you were right. Talking about it does feel good. They exchange a smile. We go to the library where Abby films Sandra, who is flanked by her two security guards. Sydney told the entire school that my father was the Nigerian prince behind the money transfer scam. Kids still won't accept my Venmos. Ugh. What are you supposed to do? Carry around cash? Right? Ugh. By the way, what you did to Sydney's mom was badass. You're your own bodyguard. That's crazy. We go to a small space where Abby films a chubby boy as he eats a spicy tuna wrap. I get what it's like to be lonely, but haven't you found that the best way to bond with someone is over a common enemy? I'll start. Sydney Maybach sucks. She's a monster. She made an Instagram account called Fat Kids Eating. She takes pictures of me every time I eat. That is actual torture. Tell me about it. I have lunch in here now, and, and, and she somehow still manages to get the shot. And we reveal that they're in a bathroom stall. We go to a conference room where Abby, Cal, Jules, Sydney, and Suzanne Maybach, whose eyebrow is severely drooped, sit across the table from Principal Welch and the disciplinary board, which is comprised of two men and the head, Sally Legend. The video Abby made finishes playing on a giant flat screen TV. Sally presses pause on a very unflattering still of Abby's face. Sydney and Suzanne look caught. Jules can't stop staring at Suzanne's droopy eye. When Suzanne notices, Jules quickly looks away. Oof. Not exactly the safe space advertised on the brochure. This is unacceptable. I am horrified this type of behavior is happening at Princeton Prep. 
Abby can't stand the awful still of her face any longer. I'm sorry. Would you mind turning that off? No? That's okay. Totally get it. Bigger fish. Abby knows what she did was wrong, but this seems just as bad or worse. Children are being bullied. If my daughter is getting expelled, so is hers. Okay, wait. Uh, yes, Sydney can be tough, but I think expelling her is a little hasty. Ms. Legend, my client, I, I mean, my daughter, could have just rolled over and accepted her punishment, but she didn't. This video shows just how badly she wants to stay here and prove to y'all that she's the type of kid that belongs here. She's fighting with all she's gotten, frankly, I'm damn proud. Now, I, I don't think this has to be a world ender for either of these girls. How about instead of expelling them, y'all, discipline them, put them on a chain gang or have them sing carols at an old folks home. Could have them both attend six months of mandatory peer support. Cal and Jules look confused and Abby whispers to them. It's what they call detention. That's an excellent suggestion. Make it a learning lesson. Does this work for our parents? Fine. Sydney, let's go. Suzanne shoots Jules one last droopy-eyed glare. Jules forces an awkward smile. Suzanne and Sydney exit. Abby, I'm curious. How did you get those kids to open up like that? The gift of gab. I got it from my dad. <laughs> and we cut to Jules's cubicle at J.P. Morgan Stanley later that day. Jules enters. Just as she sits, Ted enters with a soda. Knock, knock. Hey, thanks for getting the yogurt. Next time, more strawberry, though, huh? <laughs> oh, and that promotion of yours is looking good. Ted puts his empty soda can on her desk and then turns to leave. Jules can't take it, and she breaks. So, sorry, Ted, um, do you mind not leaving your trash on my desk? The bin is right there. It's just bad manners. Well, I, um, I didn't realize. And I would love to be promoted, but don't use it to intimidate me. I see what you're doing, and it is not cool, Ted. Jules hands a stunned Ted his soda can and ushers him out. In the locker room at Princeton Prep, Abby is changing into her PE clothes. We notice her socks are embroidered with left and right. Sydney enters and approaches her. Look, I just want to say what you did to my mom. I've dreamed of doing that every day for the past 10 years. It was a beautiful thing to watch. Oh, um, well, thanks. I'm kind of shocked she didn't sue. She seems like a real sewer. <laughs> she was actually planning on it and then weirdly changed her mind. And we cut to a flashback. We're at a fancy hotel rooftop bar the previous evening. Suzanne Maybach sits at a table sipping martinis with Jeremy, Mr. Maybach's assistant. She has her hand on his thigh. We reveal Cal's assistant, Dina, sitting at a different table, discreetly taking pictures on her phone. She texts them to Cal, then leans back in her chair, satisfied. A waiter approaches. More free bread, please. We go back to the locker room. Hey, you know, just because your mom's a bully doesn't mean you have to be. Maybe going forward, you could ease up on the student body. Mm, no, there's just so much low-hanging fruit. Okay, very honest. Just then, Hallie and Derek enter. What are you doing talking to Valley Trash? 
oh, I was just trying to get a closer look at her weird off-brand sports bra. What is that, Nordstrom Rack? Her friends laugh and head out. Sydney follows, and as she does, she turns back to Abby and whisper calls. You understand why I had to do that, right? See you in peer support. Later that day, we're in the parking lot. Jules hustles Abby and Benji out of her car. Hurry, we're going to miss the show. And we go to the Van Nuys courthouse moments later. Jules and the kids rush in and take their seats. Cal stands next to Juan. Howard and the Scott Bobs sit at the opposing council table looking smug. This is the show. Mr. Harmon, would you like to make any final remarks? Your Honor, I sure would. Jules squeezes Abby's leg. They are his biggest fans. Mr. Sanchez is a hardworking family man who, just like the rest of us, is trying to achieve the American dream. All of his permits are in order, and according to our city founders, he isn't doing a darn thing wrong. That is, other than ruffling the feathers of AMC, who have tried to bully him out of his workplace. And as someone I respect very much has proven, Bullying someone does not require strength. What requires strength is standing up to that bully and telling them that you deserve to be there. Cal looks at Abby, who smiles back at him. He is a modern-day Atticus Finch. He's committed no crime other than making the best damn hot dogs this side of Ventura Boulevard. Everybody has to start somewhere. For all we know, he could be the next Colonel Sanders. Now, I implore you to throw this baseless case, out, baseless case out and allow this man to get back to doing what he does best and allowing these men to get back to doing what they do best, which is using their considerable power to intimidate the little guy. Thank you for your time. Abby jumps up from her seat, cheering wildly. Cal smiles at her, touched that his daughter is so invested. But it's way too early to cheer. The judge hasn't said anything yet. I still have to make my ruling. Abby nods and sits back down, embarrassed. Okay. The court rules in favor of the defendant. This case is dismissed. The judge bangs her gavel. The family cheers. Cal approaches Howard and holds out his hand. They shake. Enjoy this. It won't happen again. We'll see. Oh, and hey, uh, real quick. He uh, takes out his phone and snaps a selfie. This one's for my kids. He smiles from ear to ear. Howard grumbles off as Jules and the kids run up to Cal and hug him. And that's the end of Act Two. We're in the tag. We're in Kay's Donut Emporium. Cal, Jules, Benji, and Abby enter. I thought we'd celebrate your win with something we never got. Donuts. <laughs> Cal, Benji, and Abby all look at each other and silently agree to keep their secret. Ah, hey! Hello! I am Kelvin. He awkwardly shakes Kay's hand and pleads with her with his eyes. And I'm Abby, and this is my brother Benji. Benji nods. Kay smiles awkwardly. There's a beat. Jules turns to Cal. So you guys come here, what, two, three times a week? Kay holds up her hand, indicating five. Kay! Ah, This isn't on me, Calvin. Jules laughs. A bus pulls up with Cal's face on it. His teeth are blacked out, and somebody drew boobs on his chest. Huh. I haven't seen that one before. Nice cans, Dad. 
And the whole family laughs at this in true Valley trash fashion. End of pilot. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. You have to come back next week and hear my interview with Nikki. The real stories behind this pilot are so wild. Uh, Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and my co-host Ben Blacker and our associate producer Noah Findling. It is edited and mixed by Jordan Katz. Uh, Have you left us a review on Apple Podcasts? Please, please do that. You're still listening. The pilot's over. You're listening to me talk. You obviously like the show. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Tell us, tell a friend about us. And, uh, of course, follow us on social media. Um, you know, Noah handles all that. I love the things he puts up on Instagram and Twitter with the, with the pictures of the cast. And it's fun. It's fun to get those. It's cool. We're on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilots Society. All right. Until next time, I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening. <laughs>